Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brennan McCullough, and we have a lot to talk about this week, Bren. For once, it's surprising. I know, and it's all video game stuff, uh, surprisingly. This is a video game podcast for anyone new. I always hope we get some new listeners on occasion. Uh, <laughs> please tell your friends if you enjoy the show. Uh, but Bren, how have you been lately? Uh, lately? Uh, I mean, I've never pulled punches. Not great. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's usually how this goes, and I appreciate the honesty. I mean, because that's always been one of my pet peeves of, like, how, hey, how's it going? Has become just a, like, colloquialism, like, reading, where it's yeah. like, and then, like, I always am dumb enough to think people actually care and go into <laughs> the actual answer. Then, I do care. Because I, well, yes, you do. But, like, in passing around at work and stuff. And I sure. heard I heard someone else say, I forget who it was, maybe online, someone who was like, uh, English wasn't their native language. So they're like, it's weird how how are you isn't an actual question. It's just a greeting like, hello. And I was like, yeah, I guess it is. Because people just want you to say good and move on. Yep. It's a, like, how are you? You too. Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, in my opinion, there's so many other things to say instead of that. So, I'm like, if you're asking me how are you, you're going to get the baggage. You're going to get my shit and deal with it like I... (laughs) Well, maybe we could steer away from that and go to, Ah. like, a happy place this time around uh, with video games and stuff. Unless you want to dive into the deep and dark. No, no, no. It's (laughs) It's just like, hey, it's still 2020. It's still garbage video games (laughs) right that's what i mean that's what is like the light at the end of the tunnel here is 2021 is looking to make 2020 like make us forget about all the terrible things that happened in 2020 i don't know if that's possible but all i gotta say is bomb rush cyberpunk people like what the goddamn fuck this is unreal and we get the return of g4 these are some topics we're going to be discussing later in the show but typically we talk about the games we've been playing lately Bren, I know you've been playing a shitload of Persona 4. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, well, actually, I'll dip, dip my toe into uh, Carrion first. I streamed that. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, you stopped by for a bit. Um, it was a new game that just came out as of this recording, like, earlier this week. So, like, pretty fresh. Um, and it's Carrion, like, a like a carnivore um, or, like, a Carrion bird. Yes, and brutal. The best way I can describe it is it's a Metroidvania where it's a Metroidvania version of the movie The Thing. Except yeah. pl- instead of playing as Russell Crowe, you're The Thing. You're The Creature. So, yeah, it's a Metroidvania. You start out in a tube in like a science lab, like a secret underground lab, and you break out and you're just this blob of teeth and blood and muscle. And you just scurry around, absorbing more pieces of like different experiments, getting bigger, getting power-ups, eating people, and just... Like, growing your body, detaching parts of your body to then get into smaller areas, and then, like, eating everyone in there and getting big again and fighting. You know, it starts off with just regular people, and then it's, like, regular people with handguns. who That can surprisingly do a lot of damage to a big, like, amorphous blob monster. Like, just a few rounds of a handgun can blow you away pretty quickly. Oh, damn. Um, and then you get, like, a SWAT team, like, guys who have, like, an electric shield where you can't touch them from the front. Then you got flamethrower guys. And then they got, like, battle mechs with, like, battling guns on it that just tear through you, like, paper and stuff. And it ramps up real fast. Um, the biggest complaint I've seen is it's short. And I can attest to that because I beat it in about four hours on stream. Dang. Okay. Um, it's $20, though. And okay. for how cool and unique and fun it was, I would absolutely recommend it. Like, it is short, but it is also one that's kind of just fun enough where you can just, like, 
hey, you know what? Let me jump back into that and just like eat people. It's not a generic like <laughs> FPS. Eat people. Yeah, it's not a generic FPS where it's just like, you know what this is. The gameplay is not fun. It's real run-of-the-mill and generic. This one, like, the gameplay is unique and, like, really interesting. So even though it's not going to be new, you might just have the urge to do that again and experience that gameplay again because the controls are pretty cool. Yeah, I love just conceptually that whole premise. Like, it's uh, very creative. I feel like those developers, once they had that idea, they're like, let's really play in this space and, like, give them as many abilities as we can. I just watching you play it a little bit. I I'm intrigued. I'm not sure if it's the game for me, super just gory and crunching <laughs> down on bones. And I'm yeah. like, Oh man, that's yeah. wild. But uh, it does look fun. Yeah. You get different upgrades where you can um, go invisible and like you strain electricity nearby. Um, when you get bigger, you can do like a big punch and punch through some metal grates and stuff. Hell yeah. Um, one ability you get is uh, like, it's called parasite where you can possess somebody. So you just shoot out a small tentacle and like if you attach to a human, you can take control of them. Oh, I love it. And if it's somebody with a gun, you can run around with the gun and shoot everything else with them. <laughs> that ability is super overpowered and like too much to a degree where it's like anytime I had trouble going into a room and getting shot from everybody, I would just like scurry into the air vent, find a safe place and then shoot out the tentacle to possess somebody and then have them kill everybody in that room. And then I'd go up and just like clean up afterwards. That's a valid strategy, though. I feel like that's something they want you to do. I think I agree. I think it is. I think they intended it to be like that uh, because that that ability ties in more uh, ways than others, like than the other mechanics. Yeah. Uh, But it's just like it it was my easy default when I'm just like, you know what? Screw this room. (laughs) Let me possess somebody. Because when you possess somebody, you can even jump into the giant mechs with Gatling guns. So once you control that, you're done. Like the room's finished. You won. So um, that was it was nice to have as a like a fallback as like i tried these other ways nothing worked let me fall back to just possess somebody and like run through with them um so i I think it did work but it was definitely like my go-to of like i don't feel like dealing with this possession yeah that makes sense it is short like i said but for twenty dollars it's definitely well worth it like you could see the love and attention they put into it totally Um, it's it's fairly pixely graphics like it's like it's not 16 bit it's like a 64 bit like it's a pretty high quality pixel stuff um my biggest complaint would be it's a Metroidvania game with no map. Ooh, that's ooh, that's killer. <laughs> so that's rough. It's you know, for anyone who doesn't know what Metroidvania is, it's like a Metroid Castlevania game. You're running through different rooms, getting different upgrades, going back through other rooms you couldn't get through before. Now you can get through them with those upgrades. So you have to backtrack a lot and go through different stuff. I'll give them this. For the most part, I'd say like a solid eighty-five to maybe ninety percent of the game, I was good. It seamlessly led me from like one room to another room to another room to another room. Okay. And if it unlocks an area, it shows you that area unlocking. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I can go back to like two spaces and go down, and it's right there. Um, so maybe if your memory's not as good, you might have trouble with that. But it for, for the majority of the game, I was pretty good with it. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like as a developer, it's hard to justify how would this blob creature know the map? Like, usually when you're playing as a human, like, you have, like, you a map on you or something. Exactly. Like, this care it almost makes it feel more real, but also, I just can't imagine playing a Metroidvania <laughs> game without a map, because there are so many instances where it's like, where the fuck am I? I was talking to someone, I was watching someone else stream the game later, um, after I beat it, and I was talking to a few people in that chat, and that's what they said. They're like, well, the blob can't read. I was like, let me, let me tell you this. The blob can possess people. The, yeah, blob, the blob understands how electricity works. It rips off electrical panels and absorbs electricity to power itself. Like, this blob's super smart. It can read a map. Yeah. 
that's so like fair. that's that's not a concern <laughs> yeah good point but um yeah so for like 90 percent of the game i was fine and then the last area i just could not for the fucking life of me figure out where i was supposed to go and without a map it's a pretty big area to the point where it's not just not everything connects directly so when you you'll you'll crawl into like the wall in a tunnel and then you'll appear in a different part of the map like in a different area entirely it's not a one-to-one path like showing you like here's where you went it, right. like you go into an area and then you essentially teleport to a new area and then work your way back to the central area from there okay and then once you do those you can't tell you can't go back through those teleporting spots anymore um but because it just launches you somewhere else differently entirely, you can get lost very quickly with those. Right. So I like this game was pretty new when I got it, so there weren't a ton of walkthroughs. So I actually had like three or four different walkthrough and guides open just to find out where I was supposed to go next. Not how to beat it, not how to get through a puzzle or something, just where to go. And it was not clear. Because it, it turns out it was the first it was the end area, and you're supposed to go back to the very beginning area. And that was four hours ago and i don't remember what that was (laughs) like everything i saw was just like go back to bls research i was like i don't what is that it it doesn't have a title pop-up when you enter new areas right oh welcome to the you know laboratory welcome to the you know greenhouse it doesn't have just a title that pops up so i was super confused and it turns out there's little signs on certain doors and tunnels and stuff that's what i was guessing that i just glossed over because i never needed them till this point so i didn't realize the area I was supposed to go to was right next to where I was when I got stuck. So oh, it was just God the next it. room over. But I wasn't reading the no. signs because I never did up till this point. <laughs> so that annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, so I can imagine. That would be my biggest complaint. But like I said, still overall, great, fun game, like good recommendation. It's not hard it's not super hard because like the combat will get tough, but it's not punishing where like if you die, you just respawn back at your last save point. And you can get to your save points. Uh, when you go to a save point, you refill your health uh, mm-hmm. fully. And they're they're pretty prevalent. So, like, I would go into a room, fight some guys, get my ass kicked, run out, hit that save point, like, get full health, and then run back in and do that, like, two or three times for a t- tough enemy. Right. So, it was, like, pretty fun. And there's, like, a quadcopter drones that'll come after you, uh, which aren't too tough. Like, they don't have any guns or anything. But because they just have blades on the top of them, if they come up from underneath of you, they'll just chew you apart. Oh shit! Um, so like, get the, they would slip into like air ducts and stuff, and they would catch you in small areas where you can't escape from. So that actually became pretty hard. But yeah, you're just this blob monster tearing your way through the laboratory, eating everyone in sight, and destroying everything. And it's it's real satisfying. The gameplay is fun. There's a good amount of puzzles that actually do make you think. And um, yeah, don't buy it if you don't like gore. Though it's yep. even pixelated. It's a lot of blood. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it's a game for you. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, but very it, cool. was, it was very satisfying. I feel like the idea has been thrown out there a few times, either as a story or a movie or game or something, but I feel like no one really got it quite as right until this point where it's like, ooh, it's it's satisfying to play and like you know, eat people and get bigger and bigger. Carry on. Yeah, that's a great name for it, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in, even at the end, it gives you a room where it shows you all the other regions and like the percentages. So if you want to be a completionist and go back and get everything, it shows you like, oh, you got 50% here and like 75% here. And, you know, so if you do want to go all out and get everything, it, it even has a built in game feature for that to help you. Nice. That's great. Uh, and then, yeah, the other game I'm playing nonstop has been uh, Persona 4 Golden. Yeah, I've stopped in a few streams there. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been streaming that late at night because it's after work and everyone else in the country is asleep. Um, but yeah, it's playing that. It's let me see if I can get a quick uh, number because like some of those games, like Witcher, like I put like 120 hours into Witcher because I had the DLC and uh, I just really enjoyed exploring it and stuff. Whereas Mark blew through it in like 60 to 70 hours. Right. Uh, Persona Four. Let me see. I'm about at 70 hours and I probably have like another hour or two left in it. Okay. So, like, looking it up on, like, how quick to beat, like, all the Persona games are, like, 70 hours minimum. Persona 5 is, like, 90. And, then like, Persona 5 Royal is, like, 120 minimum. It's, like, Christ. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Um, it is a standard JRPG, though. I beat God. I, like, I fought the bad guy. <laughs> I fought the real bad guy who was controlling the first bad guy. Oh, I did fought, you fight the boat? I fought, I fought God, who turned out to be just a weird giant amalgamation of just nonsense, who was controlling the guy controlling the real back. Like, you know, there's only four steps to who's really in control of the evil scheme in JRPGs. So, yeah, I, I did all that. So I'm I'm in the end game and I'm like wrapping it up right now. Nice. Um, I, I understand people's complaints with uh, turn-based combat. I enjoy it for the most part. This definitely tested my patience in some battles where it's like, um, the trick with Persona Battles is there's different, like, ability, you know, uh, uh, elements and affinities. Fire, yeah. ice, wind, lightning, uh, light, darkness, and physical. And uh, most enemies are weak to something. And if you're if they're weak to something, um, they'll if you get hit by it, they'll fall down. And if all the enemies are knocked down, either by their weakness or a critical hit, um, you can do a group attack and do a bunch of damage on them real fast. Oh, nice. The problem with that, like... That's good, but that ends up being your only strategy of just, like, you know, use every spell on the enemy, find out what their weakness to, and then just spam them with that weakness move. Yeah. Um, which is fine, but some enemies, like, their main, the reason the enemy was made was just to be tanky as shit and have a lot of health and defense. So some of them, uh, the gang up move where everyone attacks at once is physical. So if that enemy is resistant to physical, that group attack really doesn't do much. And um, if they're just real tanky, some enemies are resistant to everything and are just meant to be tanky as hell. Damn. And, like, that just is a long battle. Um, so much so there's an auto uh, combat button for you where if you hit the, at least on computer, hit the tab key, they'll just uh, do a basic attack every time. And you can just speed through combat real fast. Oh, my God. What other game? There was some turn-based RPG that I talked about way early in this podcast, and you all gave me shit for that. They're like, are you even <laughs> playing the game? And I'm like, it's oh. doing it for you. <laughs> I still say that's true. It's doing it for me. Yeah. The problem is with some enemies, there's no they have no weakness, so there's no point of me like hitting the space bar every five seconds like when I get to the tab and let it gr- and just speed up through it. Right. Because, like, yeah, that enemy's fucking bullshit, and I don't want to deal with it. It's so, like the developers recognize that. They're like, uh, just give this for people that are on their edge of their nerves or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think it's there's so many. Like, all the shadows and personas that you fight in it, there's so many. So I think they realize, like, yeah, this one's going to just be a slog. And it's like, you know, sometimes you're overleveled. Like, if, I, if you go back to a previous dungeon and you're way stronger, um, even if they're resistant to physical, you can just, you know, one-shot them all. So yeah. if you're going through, um, you'll get side quests from people saying like, oh, I want this fork. And it's like, oh, that fork can only be found in, you know, this castle, which happens to be dungeon one. So, you'll, you know, you'll be level 70 going back to the first dungeon. Gotcha. And if you're just doing the side quest stuff like that, yeah, you just hit tab and just auto play through the you know dungeon because, you know, they're so weak, it doesn't matter. 
So I understand why they put that in, that mechanic in. I am appreciative that they speed up the battle. It does feel like, hey, you're not really playing. You're just kind of, you know, autopilot mode. Um, it's like so. people who listen to podcasts at two times the speed. <laughs> you're cheating. You're cheating the experience. <laughs> you're supposed to slip through our slog and our uhs. Exactly. And, and then when you uh, put it back on regular speed, we sound drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can't match up. Oh, God. I tried to do this last week or i got called into it and yeah the tutorial orientation video i just watched it like three and a half times the speed <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah yeah i know what to do and I, yep. I never got called in so i lucked out oh me neither uh or actually i did once and then i said i have anxiety and they're like you're free to go <laughs> in la you get uh the summons and you're basically on call for a week so you can be called in at any day like so uh anyway um yeah persona um i understand people's complaints with t- uh turn-based strat uh, combat especially in games like this like i enjoy it but i feel like it's because we grew up you know playing final fantasy 9 and we got nostalgia for it like yeah i feel like if you got the turn-based bug in you early on you're fine with it but anyone who's played turn-based strategy after 15 you don't have patience for it anymore nope so i did uh, i'm wrapping up the game i did the boss um some of them just really fucking sucked um, so like all your allies and your team, they only have their one persona, whereas the main character has like 13 personas on you at any time and they all have different spells. So you pick your team, which is best for the uh, dungeon, but then you're like, this is the first game where the main character is my primary support character for my team because I have so many more options by having so many more personas to fight with right. than everyone else on my team who just like, she's got fire and that's it. He's got wind and support spells and that's it. Yeah. But, like, me, I have 12 personas, I, like, and all of them have six different spells each. So, like, it's kind of sucked upgrading my main character with all the best gear. Because then he just became, like, the healing, uh, you know, character. Just spamming, like, defense up and, like, defense down on the enemies and stuff. And some of them you really have to strategize against bosses. Because some bosses pull some bullshit on you. Um, but, you know, it's JRPGs. Yep. Typical. Uh, yeah. Um, I will say I'm jo- I'm very much enjoying the characters like on my team and party. Um, out of a lot of the games I've played, the ensemble cast, there's usually like, oh, I love these four. Everyone else can die. I don't care. Um, but like for the most part, I like pretty much everyone on my team uh, Persona Four, which is surprising. Um, I'm still furious. You cannot date Kanji in it. For anyone who's played, Kanji is definitively and objectively the best character, and they don't let you get anywhere near his butt. And I'm furious yeah but you're able to romance other characters you're able to romance any female on your team and then they showed that because it's on computer now people are modifying it yeah Uh, and you know some modifiers are good they're like gameplay mods that help speed stuff up or you know streamline stuff to make it run better Mm -hmm. and then some mods are like every character in the game's face is ronald mcdonald or something weird oh god just nonsense like that which is fun uh, but because they modded it, they looked into the code and found um, a hidden romance option for your like best friend, Yosuke, um, who's like your best buddy who, when you move into town, you become best friends with and he helps you with everything. There's a romance option for him that they deleted from the actual game. Huh. So they did have it in there and at some point pulled it from the actual finished product. So I don't get that decision. It's just like you went to the trouble to make it. Let me watch Twitch on PS3. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting back into that. I know. I'm We're not sorry. going there. Um, but yeah, no, it is curious of why they would put that option in there and then pull it away because, like, it seems done. There is a mod where you can actually have Yosuke as a romance option because it is done. Like, it's there. So it's not like the modders had to actually add anything to it. Yeah. So um, I saw Judge Greg tweeting about this recently, where he's like sick of romance options in games because he's like, 
you know, you can just be friends with someone. You don't have to be fucking anyone who's the opposite sex of you. Um, yeah. And then a lot of Bioware games, well, well, Mass Effect's kind of very by the books, but a lot of like Dragon Age is like, you can burn anybody. And it's like, sometimes, you know, I want to be friends with Garrus. I don't want to fuck him. And it's like, I will fuck Garrus though. Like, don't, <laughs> don't take that option away. But, like, That's what I mean. <laughs> it's for those people. That, I, they know what they're doing. Yeah. So like, I understand, you know, Judge Greg's complaint. I heard some other people complain about that. It's like, I get that. Right. But it's also like, there's a lot of people who buy these games solely for like the it, yeah. characters and the romance <laughs> options and stuff. Um, so for me, I'm annoyed by that. Atlas, the developers and publishers have also kind of had a, like a rough, ho- like pseudo homophobic like history too. Right. Um, I feel I, like I've heard of that. Yeah. I think we talked about it briefly last time where like in Persona 5, they've had to take out stuff that was like, you know, just distasteful and really added nothing to it. Um, in this like, come game, on, Atlas. In, in Persona, you essentially go into a person's, like, deep desires. You fight their shadows, which are their, quote, true selves. Um, so with everyone on your team, you recruit them by rescuing them from their true selves. And they essentially have to face their, you know, the side of themselves they repress. Like, you're not me, and then you fight. And it's like, I learned to accept you and embrace you as who I am. Um, so for Kanji's, he's, uh, as far as the, as far as you can tell from the game, it doesn't explore it too well. Um, but he's bisexual. So he's like, he's got a lot of repressed, um, you know, attraction to men and women. Like he's, there's trouble expressing both, but he's mm-hmm. trying to find himself. So like, he's got a great story and he's genuinely one of the best characters. Like he's incredibly well written and nice. But then with Yosuke, your best buddy character, almost every dialogue between Yosuke and Kanji after this is Yosuke just being like, haha, I bet you like dudes, huh? And he's like, shut up, don't tell anyone. It's like, and it's just like, wow. Yosuke's just a piece of shit. Like, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> whereas, like, everyone else is like, stop teasing him. Or, like, what? he doesn't want to talk about this. Don't keep bringing it up and all this other stuff. And then right. it's just a few other characters who keep bringing it up in just a very shitty manner. So it's like, why? Are they like, in high school or something, though? Because yeah, then that's really school. realistic. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. But it's also, like, you're supposed to like Yosuke. And as, and I've heard other people say, like, oh, yeah, Yosuke's great. I was like, as far as I can tell, he's a piece of shit. Because right. he's just horn-dogging on every female character he ever interacts with. And then he's just shitting on Kanji, who's the only other guy in your group. And it's like, I don't see any good traits of Yosuke. He's just kind of shitty in every regard. So, yeah. like, it's 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 one thing when there's, like, a particular character of, like, oh, this character's shitty. And they're supposed to be shitty. Like, every, like the guy who makes... Persona's got a milf fetish, hundred oh, percent. Because God damn it. there's like in Persona three, you can romance two, you can romance one of your teachers and like a doctor who are both like adult women and your high school student, and then someone else. I think in Persona four, there's at least five or six adult, full on adult women, horny as fuck for this high school character. God damn so, it! And like it's off putting to the degree of like one of them's your teacher and she just tits out like crazy, and like. At one point, you and your friends go to an inn, and you you go to sneak in into your friend's room and, like, scare them. But when you jump in into their beds, you find out it's the teacher. So she has a bunch of her students jumping at her bed, and she's like, okay, boys, we can do this. You can have me all at once, but don't tell anyone. I was like, damn, bitch. Thirsty as hell. fuck? Like, (laughs) it goes from, like, hey, there's a mild attraction between, like, this romance option between, like, a slightly older person and, like, a high school student, and your teacher being like, Let's go, Let's boys! Gang bang! Let's gang do bang. this! Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, mind-boggling how much there is in this game. And like, you can do part-time jobs. And like, one of the part-time jobs is like you work at a hospital. And one of the nurses is like, "Yo, hey, new guy, hey, high school kid, 
I'm gonna suck your dick. And like she doesn't actually say that, but it's in that intensity of like, I'm gonna get you and you're gonna be my it's like, yo damn, chill. <laughs> like it's so much. And um, yeah, it's it's extreme. So that's going very long-winded. Sorry, I played 70 hours of this fucking game in like it's the last fair. two weeks. <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying most of the characters on my team. Yosuke is kind of shitty, but and Teddy is, ugh, but um, a lot of them are very well written. Naoto and Kanji, uh, Kanji especially, are fantastic. And I'm really enjoying them. But yeah, like I said last time, um, the the gameplay and the mechanics are very by the book turn based persona. Like it's like a Final Fantasy. Like they know what the game, the combat's going to be. They know what the mechanics are going to be. Um, you're a high school student. You have you know, you're able to do two activities during the day. You can get a part-time job. You can raise your skill levels. You can you know, hang out with friends and build relationships. And that's kind of the same mechanics in every game. So that's nothing new there. They're not exploring anything new there. So the only thing really new is, you know, the style and the music, which are also great. Uh, very known for that. Persona's very known for that stuff. But then it's like the story. And just so much of the story is kind of really disappointing, especially just the writing in general between a lot of characters I already complained about. Yeah. Um, But then even like, you know, with any good JRPG, here's the main bad guy. Oh, here's the, you know, uh, the red herring bad guy who you think it's really him, but it's secretly not. And we all know it's not him. So then you go back to the main bad guy. Whoop, twist. The main guy, bad guy is being controlled by another bad guy who's being controlled by God. So, yeah. like, that's not surprising to me. Nope. And when we get to the main bad guy, I was like, okay, this story's kind of interesting. I like where it's going. Then we get to the real bad guy behind him, and he just has zero motivation for doing any of this. He's just a piece of shit. Like, you find out he's just an incel who he gets, he hates women because they reject him, and then he kills them. And it's like, that's it? Like, the other story was kind of interesting, and this is super not at all. Yeah. And then God comes up, and it's like, okay, fucking whatever. Like, at this point, you know, why not? <laughs> So, like, I was being at the end of the game, and I just did this last night. I'm still pretty disappointed where, like, this guy's shitty. Like, this, he has zero motivation to do any of it. Like, that's disappointing. Yeah. So, I am enjoying Persona 4. Um, I like the characters better than Persona 5 and stuff. And, uh, you know, the music's good. And I'm enjoying my time with it overall. But yeah. I do got complaints. And I, a friend of mine hates Persona 5 with a passion. And, you know, generally everyone on the internet seems to love it. So she's like, I'm scared to talk shit about it because everyone will crucify me because it's such a beloved franchise. And it's like, I I can see why it's a beloved franchise. I can see why people get invested into it because you spend, you know, days in this game, like every single day for like a year. You spend time with these characters. You get very attached to them. I I, I fully understand that. It's got problems, though. It's yeah. certainly, like, it's a fun game and I'm enjoying it, but it's, it's got to be, like, a 70 out of 100 or something. Like, it's definitely got issues we need to address. Fair enough. So, yeah, I'm, I'd be curious if that 70 out of 100 uh, translates to Persona 5 or not. I know you don't necessarily want to play that one. I, I've seen the Let's Play of it. I've seen a full Let's Play of it. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm aware of what happens and I've watched all of it. I don't want to play it because... It's like 120 hours. Yeah, time sink. Yeah. And I, I already know the story. It's one of those games where once it's not like uh, Carrion. Carrion I could go back to and have fun with again. A JRPG, once I'm done, I'm fucking done. Yep, pretty much. Like, the story is all that's keeping me into it. So um, I, I, I would say I'm enjoying Persona 4 more than 5. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see the complaints. And like a lot of complaints my friend had are justified. Um, because yeah, same thing with like 5 where it's like, one of the characters, you find her, and she's being harassed by a teacher. Like, sexually harassed by a teacher. 
And then she joins your team, and you immediately put her in a skin-tight leather cat suit with, like, the cleavage hanging out. And, and one of the characters is like, ooh, Anne, you're so sexy. And it's like, you're immediately sexually harassing her after you just beat up the guy who sexually harassed her. Yep. And there's a character in Persona 4 who's a teen idol. And kind of the same thing happens. She's like, I'm sick of being harassed for being an idol and all these like, creepy guys coming after me. And Yosuke, once again, is just horny as shit coming after her all the time. It's like, all right, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't need this. So, and then she's also horny as shit for your main character. So she's constantly going after that dick as well. So it's just like, it's excessive. Yeah. Like, when the writing in Persona 4 is good, it's real good, but just just short of the edge of actually being brilliant. Like, they, they're too scared to commit to anything. Yeah, just missed the mark. Just missed the mark. And then when it's bad, it's real fucking bad. Yeah. So it's it's Not doing it any favors. <laughs> yeah. So I'm enjoying it. It is fun. If you were want to get into these, it's a pretty standard JRPG. It's going to be a long game. Um, I I don't know if I'll recommend it, but it's like if you're if you you'll know if you're interested in this right. by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's certainly got its issues. So yeah, that's once again. Sorry for the long winter rant. No, it's, it's been all good. Most of my life for the last two three weeks. It, it's fine. It's funny how. Uh, the horniness is a little problematic in the sense that, uh, well, I'm trying to transition. And I'm having a tough time, but I know I was, I've been <laughs> Ooh, playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, okay. okay? So listen, uh, the, the reason I'm bringing up horniness and Dragon Ball in the same, uh, like, thread here is because there's some, like, politician in Florida who wants to ban what? Dragon Ball Z because what? he's basically saying it's corrupting our youth with, like... <laughs> With sex and stuff. It, it, and I'm not, I, I feel like I'm doing a terrible job uh, summarizing what he's trying to say, but it is to the effect of get Dragon Ball Z like completely banned in the US because it's too horny. And I'm like, wait, f- have you even seen the show, my dude? Like, first and foremost, Dragon Ball is like 10 times hornier than Dragon Ball Z. And in oh, all yeah. reality, in all reality, Dragon Ball Z isn't even that horny. Like, yeah, sure. It's uh, Mr. certain characters. Uh, yeah, uh, Master Roshi wants to get, like, take a peek at some panties or something, but it's nothing, like, serious. What's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that. There's a lot wrong with that, but I, it's wrong. not, like... I don't know the way that they're, they're I felt I feel like my response to that whole guy's thing is like hey check out Food Wars or Beastars on Netflix like I feel like there's so many other things to be like mad about in anime that it's like this is too horny and you're gonna point fingers at Dragon Ball Z of all franchises it's just bizarre to me I think I found a K Miller for Congress yes they're- for Congress <laughs> who is this chode they are now introducing a great deal of anime porn into the internet matrix. All right, I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> this dude's a fucking lunatic already. That's what I mean. Into the internet matrix. Like, no one what? has talked about the matrix. No. Not talking about the movie. Like, if it's you say matrix unironically, you're, a, you're, you know, red pillar. You think, you know, Quanon or whatever is true and all this insane bullshit. That's um, what I mean. It's unbelievable. And I've Dragon Ball like- Z is the top issue here. They're sexualizing cartoon characters to push a d- deprived agenda on our children. What's next? All right. If we're talking about anime porn. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z is up there because it's so long running. And if sure. we're talking about the internet, there's porn of everything. That's rule That's 34. I, mean. I feel like this is just this guy calling out his children's search results. Like, <laughs> I, I know my kids are doing this. It's, hey, my it's kids America. jerking off the we, Gohan. I yeah, got problems. I've, I have a background on my computer of Bulma and her tits, and I'm, like, sick of it. It's, yeah, that dude's out of his mind. Um, yeah, and if, because, yeah, if people think of, like, anime, uh, they don't want to get into anime like Basta. They probably think of the super horny animes, which... Yeah, yeah, like uh, Food Wars and Fusars. 
they're out there. We ain't denying that. <laughs> exactly. And that's easily accessible on Netflix, whereas, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, Why are you pointing fingers at Dragon Ball Z? Get <laughs> out of here. Fuck I, off with that shit. I can I see how insane it is. I feel like you're also a little protective of Dragon yeah, Ball Z background right, right now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's a little well, close what, to home yeah. right now. It is. And I feel like, okay, back to gaming. I yeah. am making a lot of progress <laughs> with it, and I'm having a blast. I'm actually about to do the final fight with Boo. I think he's turning into Kid Boo or whatever. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Story-wise, I'll do a little recap for anyone who might not know what's going on. Fucking- <laughs> Good luck. It's it's a little insane, but uh, they're oh, fighting Boo. Uh, they think Gohan's dead. He's not. He's taken with the Kais to the sup- supreme land of the Kais or whatever. <laughs> you and lost the audience. Out- they're gone. <laughs> He pulled this thing called the Z sword out of like the st- out of a stone, and I was thinking, okay, this is like a direct reference to the sword in the stone. Like, I don't know how they're pulling this one off. Anyway, th- public domain. That's old enough. That's fair, but and yeah, it, all the guys are like, no one's ever been able to do this, especially immortal. Ha <laughs> ha, this is never gonna happen. Gohan does it, and then. The Supreme Kai himself is like, well, let's test this bad baby out. And he, like, uh, generates some of the hardest metal in the universe. And Gohan goes to swipe it, and the sword breaks in half. And I was, like, dying, because I'm thinking to myself, yeah, why would you test it on the hardest metal in the universe? This thing hasn't ever been tested. So, long story short, another, like, an old man comes out, gives Gohan some special powers, and... What ends up happening, though, was Go- Goku and Vegeta needed to fuse in order to take down Boo. And when they do that, they use these uh, earrings that Gohan got from that old guy that came out of the sword called, like, I forget what they're called, but they're like Panara or something, uh, earrings. And if you fuse together, it's permanent. And apparently Goku and Vegeta fuse together to make Vegito to take down Boo. And then Boo does this shit where he absorbs Vegito into himself, but they pull like a full-blown Osmosis Jones thing where they go inside of fucking Boo and like save their friends. And then by the time they escape out of one of his like air holes or whatever, like he's like uh, degenerated back to his like former selves. Uh, and that's where I'm at in the game. It's a fuck. It's so fun reliving the Boo saga. I, I just forgot how fucking insane it was. And oh, and Vegeta and Goku are no longer permanently fused. Somehow during that process, the earrings broke or something. I don't fucking know. Hey, Doug, as someone who watched all of this, all of the Boo saga, and I was like, balls deep. Was in that a really like, bad, like, analysis? I don't know what the or fuck recap? you're talking about. Like, what? <laughs> Dude, it's all true. You, I I'm not like denying it's... it. It's just <laughs> you have to understand. This is like Dragon Ball Z is Kingdom House, Kingdom Hearts level bullshit. Like, I like it. I fully, I fully embrace it. You gotta admit at some level though, no, this I is de- not good storytelling. I feel, no, it's not. But I feel like that's where I, that's the kind of shit I like. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Nonsense. Get get this stuff out of here. It makes too much sense. I don't like it. Yeah, fair enough. At least they're not having a fucking gangbang like this congressman thinks they're doing. But anyway, that was um, that's where I'm at with Kakarot. I'm having a blast. But there are a few other games I've been playing lately that I do want to showcase. Uh, I got back into Path to the Sky briefly mm-hmm. to stream, and I just love that game. I've mentioned oh. it many times in the past. But the reason I did that is because I was watching the Melting Pat himself stream, Pat Johnston. Uh, he was playing this game called Neon Abyss, and I'm like, man, this game looks really cool. And as I'm watching him play the game, I'm like, this is fucking Path to the Sky, but like <laughs> a different skin and like with a lot more like upgrades and options and a, a much more fleshed out game. Like, I think honestly, Path to the Sky might still be early access. But I'm like, fuck yeah, man, that game's it's not going anywhere. It's basically <laughs> done. Um, but Neon Abyss, on the other hand, seems like a full 
fully completed game. Uh, it's twenty dollars if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, if or is it? Yeah, it's not early access. But uh, Neon Abyss is a frantic roguelite action platformer where you run and gun your way into the abyss, featuring unlimited item synergies and a unique dungeon evolution system. Each run diversifies the experience in an and and every choice alters the rule set. So yeah, watching Pat play as these different characters and like there's this little like rave section. It's cute. It's fun. I definitely recommend Neon Abyss. But it like made me like I need to scratch the path to the sky itch. And I did. I was playing that for a bit. And on my stream, I literally had the best run of my life. I <laughs> I don't know how it was possible because. One of the rare items I found like very early on was called the bandage. And I feel like in all of my playing this game, I've never come across that item. It will heal you slowly over time. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to make my run last so much longer. And I did get a bunch of cool power ups. And if you're unfamiliar with the game, you can like, there's certain items like the bird flute. And every time you shoot down other items, there's a chance that like, you'll get a little bird follower and you can have like an army of birds help you like take out all the enemies. It's a really fun game. But yeah, I was streaming that and uh, maybe we'll do a little more of that just because I'm having so much fun. But then the other game that I'm currently streaming and it's all Yu Song's fault. I, I feel like people <laughs> who know uh, past guests of the show, Yu Song Lu, he has his own podcast. Maybe don't. He used to be involved with the Doughboys. Is still every now and then. Uh, he is streaming again, and he was doing Super Mario sixty four speed runs. And I was like, oh man, watching him do that, I'm like, I never had any interest in speed running until I watched him do this because apparently there is like a little bit of an easy entry point to that game of like. Oh, if you utilize these glitches, you only need to get 16 stars in order to beat the game, blah, blah, blah. I think there's even mm. ways you can beat the game with like less stars than that. But that's one of the categories he was uh, going for. Yeah. And I decided, you know, what, I'll take a stab at it and see how it goes. I remember on his stream, like, it took him a lot of tries, but he got, like, I believe under 40 minutes uh, at one point, which I was like, man, that's pretty good. My first go was earlier today, and I streamed it, and it took me an hour and 44 seconds, and I was like, I wanted to be under an hour so bad, and I just barely <laughs> missed it. Just barely. But there, there's so many things to this whole, like, art of speedrunning, especially yeah. this game, that is just mind-blowing. Like, uh, to memorize where all these stars are, or, like, the order in which you need to get them, mm -hmm. and then other certain glitches that you need to uh, utilize. There's this one called the backwards long jump, and I feel like a lot oh, yeah. of people are like, one. yeah, the most famous one there is. Yeah. I just struggled with that so hard earlier today like or actually yesterday i was trying it just like being like i i got all the stars i got to the where i need to go and i can't do this glitch and i'm like are you kidding me and oh that's another thing i failed to mention at the beginning of this they have a mario 64 pc port in mm -hmm. hd rendered with that's available you could put it on your fucking 4k tv if you want to and it looks great um and that's what i'm doing and i was thinking to myself is this port going to be like true to like the ROM in the sense that all these glitches are going to be available yeah. or are they going to be like, Oh, it's uh, got new textures and updates and like all these glitches fixed. And it's like, no, but then you're fucking the speed running community. Apparently all the glitches are there. So if you do get the PC port, you're good to do some speed running, but I have a feeling some people will be like, Oh, that's not regulation, it's, but I don't fucking know. Well, yeah, that's the thing that the speed running community is a very big community. Like it's a very dedicated community to speed running because they're the ones that figure out these glitches and how to streamline stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for the long jump one, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there's a series of Mario 64 where there's a long staircase. And if you, like, what is it, do two jumps forward and then, like, doing a running it's jump? 
it's a long jump forward, and then you have to switch the directional pad of your, like, uh, analog stick, and then hold Z, and then uh, spam the A button, like, to, yeah. to jump. And it's really very precise. I was, um, and for the longest time, I wasn't holding Z, because I'm, like, an idiot, even though every tutorial I was watching is like, make sure you hold Z. I wasn't yeah. doing that. I'm like, no wonder I can't fucking do this. <laughs> but it got to the point where I was like, I don't even know if I'm, I can do everything up to this point. I don't think I can fucking speed run this game because of this glitch and that's how bad I am. But I did finally get my hands on it. And I, like when I streamed that hour long uh, first run at it, I fucking did it on my first try for both stairs. <laughs> it was literally I, I, I actually like just like exclaimed like, oh, yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe it. So like I, I actually clipped that on our Twitch. If people when we plug our Twitch later, head over there and look at our clips section. Uh, you'll see me. Uh, yeah perfectly execute the backwards long jump and it was just shocking to me <laughs> yeah uh with the speedrun community they specify like what you played it on what game you played what version of that if it's a you know emulator what kind of emulator and all this other stuff yeah because of stuff like that where like hey this is an updated version it patches out a ton of glitches that people use to speedrun stuff um and it's, it seems to be easier on computers because people are able to get into the code and kind of break stuff and see stuff easier yeah. Um, so I know recently, not recently, uh, the, at least five years ago is the last time I paid attention to it. But there was a Ocarina of Time speed uh, speed run glitch because up to this point, Ocarina of Time could be beat, and then like you know, let's say an hour and a half, just ballpark sure. it. Yep. And this is the fastest anyone could beat Ocarina of Time for the longest period of time. And then at some point, the whole community was able to crack this code, and one guy was able to do it. Um, it's where you're in like Kakariko Village in the very beginning of Ocarina of Time. You have to like. Do, like, the first two quests or whatever as a regular. And then right before you're about to leave the village for good, you go to, like, the store, which is at, like, a tree trunk. You go into, like, the wedge of a tree trunk. You, like, do, like, a jump attack on the tree trunk twice. Then you do, like, five backflips. And then you, like, sit down or something. And you just see... (laughs) It's something crazy like that. It's so precise. Yeah. But if if you do it perfectly, you just see Kid Link like vibrate and get shot into the corner of the map. Yes. And, and then it f- like fades to white. And when it comes back, you're fighting Ganon at the end of the game. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and he was able to speed run it in like 37 minutes. Like, and that's the fastest anyone's ever done it. So it's just like, you need those glitches to speed run certain games. Like, that's what speed running is. It's, you know, taking advantage of these different things. Yeah. Like you said, memorizing the exact order of what to do stuff, trimming time as much as many seconds as you can off it like oh i got i got 30 seconds off that run i gotta go faster and faster and you gotta hit you gotta be so fucking precise if you want to be like a competitive speed runner it's oh yeah and i have no real interest in the competitiveness of it i just want to see like how how precise i can get with this like i'm actually this is one of those games that i see myself like enjoying as i'm doing it it's like oh i'm only spending an hour or so uh speed running this and i i do like just trying to optimize my runs but yeah some of these glitches are just wild uh like Mm -hmm. this one you have to be underneath this uh or, or I guess the most famous one is with Mips, the bunny. You have to grab him to like uh, port, uh, clip through some doors, and then like as you're clipped into the door, you turn around, grab the bunny. It's it's all just crazy. I definitely recommend uh, looking into some speed runs of Super yeah. Mario sixty four if you haven't. In fact, I think the current world record was hit earlier this year by oh, wow. Aki. And it was sub 15 minutes, meaning under 15 minutes. It was literally 14 minutes and 59 seconds and some like, uh, tenths of a milliseconds. Yes. So they, it was, it's just phenomenal. And watching a run like that 
just makes me someone new to the scene. I'm like, I'll never ever get there. <laughs> but I'll, I'll at least, I my goal is to get go from like, yeah, today I streamed one where it was an hour. I want to at least get to under a half hour if possible. I know you songs getting a lot closer to that. And honestly, if I don't, that's the thing. On this hour long run, I had two game over screens. So I'm like, fuck, I suck. Yeah. Like this, I did it again later tonight, and uh, I got like 55 minutes. So I'm like, I literally, I know I can shave off time, but it, mm-hmm. a lot. Of it comes down to certain things like yeah me struggling with the backwards long jump i have no idea how i nailed it on the stream i if that happens again <laughs> that'd be very lucky it's i mean it's anything competitive like once it's got your fa- the fangs into you you get hooked and it's just practice you just gotta get better and better and better yep. like there's the stream awesome games done quick they i think you know before quarantine they were doing it like two three times a year uh where it's just a massive charity stream where they're you know blowing through games as fast as they can and a lot of them were speed runs and stuff yeah. And people who speedrun those games, especially for a stream as big as that, they spend all year, maybe more year, more preparing, than preparing, preparing yeah. and just shaving off seconds after yep. seconds on every <laughs> run. And it's like such an incremental increase every time. But like by the time they're done, it's a massive difference. And like, it oh, yeah. really helps. So, yeah, if you get if anyone wants to get into the speedrunning stuff, like check out some of them. They're insane to watch. It's, like, yeah, it's some of the more entertaining streams out there. And that's why I feel like I want to dip my toe, like watching you song do it. Like uh, there's a lot of interaction, a lot of everyone's having mm-hmm. fun. And it's just uh, as long as the person streaming isn't losing their mind, which I might be because, <laughs> some, God, sometimes, sometimes I'm trying to land fun. a triple jump. And it's just like, I can't jump helping. over this fucking sand dune. God damn it. <laughs> and then with speedruns, there's also different. Like requirements, like you're saying, the under 15 run and stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll, you know, it's like Dark Souls run. They'll they'll add their own challenges to it to make it harder for themselves. And um, I don't know if that sped, spun off from speedrunning communities, but I also know there's randomizing com- uh, communities and games for that. Yeah. So, like, the old school Zelda games, like um, Oracle of Ages or Oracle of Seasons, stuff like those where it's, like, the top-down Zelda where it's going off to different... Um, Link to the stuff. past. Link yeah. to the past. There's like a link to the past randomizer where you essentially start off the game and every item is randomized or any like, so like heart pieces, uh, jewels or rubies, uh, items that like, uh, renewable supplies, like, uh, arrows and bows, like that you'll find in grass and rocks and enemies. Yeah. That's all randomized. So you don't know what you'll get from that. But then every weapon you get is also randomized. So like your boomerang, your bow and arrow, your bomb, your, you know, hook shot, where those appear is also randomized. So, you, you know, you might go to the forest temple to get your hook shot, but by the time you beat it, it's a bow and arrow. So huh. there's just different ways people have modified games to just work with all these different crazy challenges they're making. And it's, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know if it came from the speedrun community, but that's at least where I first saw it, where they're doing yeah. a, a randomized speedrun where they're beating uh, Link to the Past as fast as they can with completely random items. So they don't know you know, which one they have to get first or where, you know, where to go afterwards and stuff. So it's, it's nuts to see. It really is. And here's an, this kind of segues into our show topics a bit. It, speaking of super sick Mario 64, like you, who would think that we're still talking about this in the year 2020, <laughs> but I mean, with speed runs, keeping it alive and other things, yeah. apparently for Nearly two and a half decades, fans have always been like, is Mario's brother Luigi in the game somewhere that the, like programmers hit him and it just never worked out? Because I mm-hmm. think there was even rumors of like, oh, there was going to be multiplayer with both of them, but we just it couldn't handle it. Um Apparently, they found in like, there was like a huge like giga leak of like Nintendo like 
pr- properties and data, stuff. Yeah. yeah, lots of data. And people were digging into the Mario 64 stuff and they found like character models of Luigi. So they can confirm that Luigi is really in Super Mario 64. So for a lot of people that like just like means the world to them for yeah. some reason. <laughs> but in all reality, just because he's in there doesn't mean he's like accessible in any way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the same as uh, Persona 4, where I was talking about with the Yosuke's romance option. Yes, exactly. They, they made it, but for whatever reason, they cut it before it was yes. a finished product. So it's like, oh, but I, and I think I've seen some photoshopped or maybe even video, like I'm not, yeah, they're deep faking Luigi on uh, Mario, but like, <laughs> it's like, I do see Super Mario 64 uh, gameplay with Luigi as the main character. And I'm like, man, that would be really cool to pull off. Yeah. I mean, like I said, with the mods, I've seen people do, um, uh, Jinjos of Time, which is, or Jinkies of Time, which is Ocarina of Time, but with Banjo Kazooie. And I've seen them super, uh, super Jinky 64 or Banjo Kazooie in Super Mario 64. Um, so yeah, people can definitely make mods and skins to it and change it. Uh, to what you were even saying before, there was a modified, ver- modified, like, you know, updated, remastered, whatever you want to call it, version of Mario 64 on PC where you could do co op mode with Luigi as the second player. Yeah. But it did not, it was garbage. Because the game was only meant to be single player. So right. the, cam- the camera focuses on Mario. So Luigi doesn't have priority. So if he runs off camera, you're screwed. You don't see him anymore. Oh, that sucks. So it doesn't work. But I mean, like, that's the thing where it's like, there's plenty of games. That's what data mining is. When people data mine into video games. Yeah. There's plenty of code or something in a game that they didn't use. But instead of taking it out and, you know, changing stuff around, there's like, fuck it. It's in there. We'll just cut off the path to get to it. Yep. So it's still in there when the game ships. So that's what people are finding. And uh, yeah, it's they also found like uh, early versions of Yoshi, like beta Yoshi. Uh, that are, people are calling it now. And it's like super skinny, like an actual Velociraptor. It's like really thin, but it's got still got the huge eyes and a huge mouth. And it looks disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's plenty of like code. And so yeah, people are still finding in these games. And yeah, people are losing their minds. Because, you know, there's all those rumors of like, Oh, in Super Smash Brothers uh, Melee, if you beat the 100-man Melee challenge on, like, level nine, uh, 9, where they're the hardest, and you beat it all without dying once, you unlock Sonic and Tails as playable character. Like, there's all those dumb rumors we had as kids. Yep, oh, sure. Because we didn't know any better, and there was no internet to confirm or deny it. So, but now we see, like, eh, maybe those dumb rumors actually had some validity to it. Right. So, yeah, that's, I feel like, a chapter closed in gaming for a lot of people. They're like, yeah, Luigi's in there, but uh, I knew it all along. <laughs> <laughs> He's in there, but you still can't play or touch him, so yep. is he <laughs> exactly. in there? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, what did we accomplish here? Yeah. Um, I will say quick, uh, Mario 64 related. Uh, I did see a, a mod for Mario 64 called the It's Me Daisy mod, where, you know, Luigi's girlfriend, Princess Daisy. Yeah. It's the entire game of Mario 64. But every single texture in it is replaced with Daisy's face or a picture, uh, the same picture of Daisy. Oh, God, I've seen stuff like this. Yep. And then every single uh, sound, Sound. every single sound effect (laughs) is also replaced by, hi, it's me, Daisy. Yeah. And like I saw someone streaming it and it's truly, truly torture. Nightmarish. Yeah. It's basically a bad trip for anyone familiar with psychedelics. Because it's like. 
I I saw one of Doom where it was everything was Tim Allen, and it was every time you <laughs> would hit something, you'd be like, Ugh, and it's like, oh no. But people don't realize it's like when it replaces every single sound effect. It's like, oh, it's, it's so anytime much. you sh- it's yeah, it's like oh, anytime you shoot, so it's just like, Ugh, uh. it's like no, it's anytime you walk, anytime you get hit, anytime you hit something, anytime you shoot a gun, the music like by itself, anytime a door opens, so it's just like five layered clips of tim allen like over top of his yeah and it's truly maddening it is it's fucking insanity it's absolutely nuts yeah um on to another show topic this one i want to just kind of mention briefly because we're probably going to come back to it on a later week when we can talk about it more but g4 is coming back and i feel like that's one of those things that like if Dragon Ball Z was real and I could get the Dragon Balls <laughs> and I'd summon Shenron, wait, I'd be wait, like, wait. let's bring back G4, wait, people. I feel like even Shenron would be like, bro, really? Like, I will, I will, I, hopefully it's at the point in the story where I get three wishes because then I'd use one of them for G4, but, uh, and then the rest for world peace or whatever. <laughs> I wanna, it's like people who want to raise like a hundred million dollars to bring back Firefly and Nathan Fillion <laughs> is like, Nathan Fillion himself is like, yo, there's so much better things to use that money for. Like, yeah, if you gave me that money, I'd spend it on a ton of other things before Firefly. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. And it's just all oh, nostalgia speaking. G4, for anyone yeah. unfamiliar, wasn't a cable network television network that was, was all centered. Yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Uh, all centered around video game content, except for cops and fucking <laughs> campus PD, which... which I think killed the entire no. network. Is the opposite actually? That's what paid the bills. Oh like, god, that's this, that's depressing. Don't remind me that. How are they coming back then? <laughs> because every like everyone who worked on G four like talked about it. Of like, yeah, we would get like an influx of stuff for like one show, and then everyone would scatter away. And it's like one show's not enough to keep a network alive, like to pay the bills for that stuff. So it's like you needed that constant stream of just garbage reality show that you're not paying anything for, and you know people will put on when they're trying to fall asleep or something. And, like, it would just get, like, a steady stream of, like, enough viewers, um, which is why, like, Spike TV and Comedy Central after a certain point, all these other channels, like, would just start playing, like, garbage reality show because it, they did, they weren't paying anything to have it run and it would only give them money. And, like, that slow, steady income was it kept them alive. Um, speaking of which, because of recent controversies about the police and stuff, I think A&E stopped showing cops. They pulled cops from their oh, channel. I did see that, yeah. And they lost, like, a 30% drop in viewership. Whoa, really? Yeah. And that so, many like, people are watching that shit? Like, it's, it's like, how the hell is NCIS on its, like, 15th season? Who the hell's watching Bones for 17 years? <laughs> Turns out a lot of people. I'm guessing a lot of geriatric retirees. But, like, t- people are watching it. And that's what keeps the lights on for most networks. Ah, uh, that's depressing. But yeah. knowing that X-Play and Attack of the Show are going to be something on the horizon in the year 2021, I'm all ears. Like, I want to know what this is about. I'm excited. I'm curious to see if they bring back previous hosts at this yeah. point. I'm sure they shouldn't. Like, uh, let's get some fresh people in the mix. Um, But I have a feeling they they might come back with some recognizable faces. Uh, they just did a AMA on Reddit recently. I actually missed it. Damn it. But, uh, regardless, I, I'm, I just had to throw it out there. Anyone who's excited about G4 coming back, gamers rejoice. It's going to be a thing. But 
it leads a lot to like a big questions like is this just going to be like twitch light like a lot of it's, people are saying like when we have twitch in the absence of g4 yeah. like we we've been able to get by with gaming media and that's actually something that like makes me a little salty is like they're like <laughs> the way they were like announcing them coming back they're like we never stopped playing. I'm like, well, where the fuck were you? Like, I don't know. Like, well, 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 look who comes crawling back. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, we've had such, so many other things explode. We've had, um, you know, YouTube, like, kind of came and went in the time of G4 of, like, you know, YouTubers being very big, especially gaming YouTubers. And then now it's almost impossible to make any, like, any YouTuber I still watch or still know that's on YouTube all have Patreons, all have merch stores, all oh, have yeah. some other, or they have their own Twitch streams, all have some other venue to generate money because it, it's certainly not YouTube anymore. Um, but there was plenty of video game stuff that was on YouTube. And yeah, almost all of it has migrated over to Twitch. Some of it went to Mixer and got fucked over royally from that um, because Mixer shut down uh, recently. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of it's on Twitch now where Twitch was just video games and it was creative people and then it was like podcasting and it was just talking and um there's an Animal Crossing talk show, like a late night talk show where people would come in as an Animal Crossing set and they've had big names on there, like Danny Trejo and shit. And that's on YouTube. So it's weird to see G4 come back, who was, who started before social media and was on the beginning ends of social media. Like I remember Attack of the Show had the Twitter wall and stuff. Yeah. So um, they were around, but it wasn't. I guess it wasn't enough interest to keep it going, or at least the people controlling it couldn't figure out how to profit from it. Yeah, I think um, the bigwigs also may have may not have had the faith in the gaming community. They're like, oh, this is a fad or something. I mean, it's always it's always anytime you see like a movie based off video games where it's like the movie Gamer, where yes, the, you know they control uh, inmates as video games, and, stuff, and it's like this is how games operate. It's like, have you ever played a video game in your fucking yes. life? Like, this have is you ever like- watched Dragon Ball Z? You fucking <laughs> congressman. <laughs> He gets stepped on off the box, Dougie. Um, I know Mark's not been here for a while. That box is getting a little cold. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Soapbox. Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, as much as we talk about it, like, oh, it's cool seeing the creative people who love video games, uh, you know, being a part of a video game channel and talking about video games. It's like, sure. But higher ups in the accounting department, those people don't give a shit about video games. They just care about the money coming in or the executives making the choices. So in the end, it's up to those people to decide. And like, if it's managed poorly, yeah, you can't make any money off of it. But then we had the attack and we've had those guys on who was Kevin Pereira kind of doing his, you know, the, essentially the son of the attack of the show. Oh, yeah. Show the attack. Yep. And then that kind of got big on Twitch. And then they got on, what was it, Disney, Disney XD. D- yes. Show on there for a while and stuff. So like it was on a major channel. Well, you had a fully supported, like it wasn't this random premium cable channel. Well, Disney XD is premium cable, but it was Disney. It had a big name to it. Yes. And even that, for whatever reasons it had, wasn't sustainable. No, so, and that's the whole view botting controversy with Kevin ending the attack that way. And then even more recently, uh, there's a controversy with how they treated women in the workplace. I encourage all of our listeners to go to Twitter, go to Kevin and or Alex Korea's Twitters and read their uh, statements. And honestly, more importantly, the women involved, Evan Friedman, Aaron Stebe, and uh, I, I don't, I think 
I'm not sure if Liz or Blythe put out a statement, but regardless, uh, read their statements about what happened there because you should be informed. I think I was in a stream recently. uh, I think it was Kame House, actually. And I mentioned like, yeah, Kevin's in a little bit of hot water. I'm curious if he's going to be involved in AOTS coming back. And they're like, Kevin's in hot water? I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, you guys got to read what's going on with that. Because I think even Evan's reaction to a G4 coming back is like, this doesn't make me feel very good. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I hope they treat people with respect because hearing what Evan and Aaron went through, it's just, it's really upsetting. And those are people we looked up to and we had on our show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would definitely recommend checking out their stories um, because they're definitely more, uh, I mean, they were the victims in it, but they yes. definitely told more versus like Alex, who I kind of read his and it was kind of like, whoops, sorry. It's like, are you sorry you did it or sorry you got called got out? Got called out. It felt so, more like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for whatever reason, I've heard the same with, I mean, not the exact same stuff, but I've heard stories with G4 too. Like behind the scenes, there was some, you know, controversy or like people didn't like working with this person and it caused tension and stuff. So that's why I am curious with G4, uh, mainly Attack of the Show and uh, uh, X-Play coming back. Um, I know Adam Sessor and Morgan Webb have still, are still in video games. I think uh, Morgan Webb's working with the studio and Adam uh, Sessor was you know, worth that uh, Friday 13th yeah. video game. And he's been doing some other stuff with them. Um, so they're still very much incorporated in video game uh, career wise. So um, I'm not too surprised if they come back, um, but I'm they surprised. all seem to retweet the announcements and stuff. And it's kind of ironic, like the day before, like Kevin was talking about like, oh, I'm thinking about doing an RV life. I'm like, well, yeah, considering everything, I th- feel like you probably need to like log off uh, social media for a while and take a step away. Yeah, I think them retweeting stuff's not necessarily like, I'm in it versus exactly. like, hey, this is a big part of my life. It's coming back. Like, who knows? We, we can't really. It's all speculation from this point. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see if they're bringing back the old guard, if everyone back then still wants to work on it, or if some people have bad blood between them and don't, you know, hey, fuck it. That time my life's over. Like college. Like, you know, was yeah. college fun? Sure. I'll never fucking go back, though. You couldn't pay me to go back to college and relive those days. Um, but it would also be good to get new blood in there. Like, you know. We got, you know, nostalgia for that stuff, but who knows? Maybe they're trying to get a younger demographic, you know, are it's, it's tricky with games because, you know, no one over the age of 50 plays games because no one over the age of 50 really grew up with games. But now we're getting older. We're getting our thirties and forties with millennials who grew up playing games and have that nostalgia. So people have to redefine what the video game market is. Are you able yeah. to that older demographic like us or do we not have as much time to play games anymore? So we're not as tied into all the new games and all the social media and all the news about it. And you want to devote your time back towards teenagers and, you know, 20-some-year-olds who are able to devote more time to that. So maybe they want all new blood or, you know, maybe they'll get fucking Ninja from fucking Oh, God. Fortnite no, don't fan. go that way. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's really the balls in their court. But I, yeah. it's something to be to look forward to. I'm excited about it. It's just another reason 2021 could be better than 2020. Fingers crossed. And then here's the other thing I just have to mention before we end the show. Uh, yeah. Fucking... Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Now, that name is just a little crazy, but it, it feels right. It's like a spiritual it successor. Feels right. <laughs> it's, well, actually, yeah, an indie ode to Jet Set Radio with the original composer, which I'm blown away they were able to get, uh, Hideki Naganuma. His music from the Jet Set franchise is just so iconic. Every time I think about that game series, I'm like, oh, the soundtrack, phenomenal. So the fact that this guy's involved, the artwork looks amazing. I feel like, yeah, if I had three wishes to Shenron, one of the second wish would be like, <laughs> I need a modern 
Jet Set Radio Future game, and it's basically it, it looks so good, and it's coming out in twenty one. I just I I just don't even believe it's real. These are these are literally like best case scenario like dreams of mine. Bring back G four and give me a, a Jet Set Radio that's like new <laughs> and modern and will look really good and play really well. I'm just a happy camper. Twenty twenty one looks lit. We gotta talk about your wish priority here, Doug. Oh, well, that's I- right. <laughs> well, I'm an easy to please guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Shenron wastes this out. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, he gave he gave Oolong panties. Ah, uh, that's true. You know what? Hey, you know what? Shenron's got a low low <laughs> standards. I guess he does. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's amazing to see that because yeah, as soon as the trailers came out, people were. Because I believe it was with the Xbox showcase they were announcing some of these games, or at least around the time, because we were saying, like, E3 is not happening, but it kind of is. Like, people are releasing at their own t- pace. Um, so it was, this came out, I think, during the Xbox One, along with another one, so I'm forgetting the title, but it's very much similar to Nights into Dreams, like that yeah. old Sega game. It feels like the spiritual successor of that game. It feels like the spiritual successor of Nights into Dreams. So people were saying, like, Fuck it! If Sega's not bringing it back, we'll bring these games back because people yes, want these games, and they're they doing do. It I've been crying property. for it for so long, and I feel <laughs> like, and I remember saying, like, I think there'd be a real like clamoring and like a a big resurgence, and a lot of people would show their support as as soon as they would drop like a trailer of a new Jet Set game. I think the internet would go crazy, and then this happens, and it they do, Kinda and I'm did, like, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm so glad that it was just like very reassuring that I'm like I'm not alone here, and having been wanting this for so long. Like oh, I, yeah. oh god, it's just it's unbelievable. So I'm super excited. Bomb rush cyberpunk. But for those of us who cannot wait, I have some alternatives in the meantime to check out. And I myself haven't done this yet, but I do want to. There's a game called Neon Tail. It's an open world roller skating game where you follow a young girl's adventures and save the streets of Blue Pulse City from dimensional disaster. And Oh, God, it looks very Jet Set Radio-esque. Uh, I don't know if you're necessarily doing any kind of spray painting or fucking with cops or anything, but it does look just very neon. Yeah, the name's Neon Tails. Check that game out. It looks really cool. And in fact, some of the people working on that game should get in touch with uh, Reptile. Uh, what's what's Team name? Reptile. Team Reptile. Maybe they could work together to really make this game good. Uh, but I'm yeah. already, I have faith with the fact that they got in touch with that uh, com- original composer. That's insane. Yeah, with Team Reptile, I, I'm not surprised because uh, they did uh, Lethal League Blaze, which I've talked about before, where it's like that extreme yes. handball game, which, like, simple concept, but you can get real into it. Like, you can get real competitive and fun. Um, and, yeah. yeah, they had the same composer of the original Jetson Radio, and they're the ones who were doing um, a Cyber Bomb Rush or whatever, uh, Bomb Rush Cyber yeah. Punk. So it makes perfect sense of, like, they're the spiritual successor, if not the legitimate successor to the Jet Set Radio, like style and music and all that. Like they know what they're doing. I fully trust. Them. Yeah, the style is there, the cell shadedness of it all. I remember when you brought that game up, I was like, oh, fuck, why can't these guys just make a Jet Set Radio? And here they yeah, are. They they're are. doing it. Uh, it's so amazing. And then the other one that might keep you busy if you have any interest, and I just found about out about this today, and I'm like, oh, shit, this seems really cool. JSRFMP, which is what? Jet Set Radio Future Multiplayer, Jesus. and it's a fan-made game based off of the multiplayer mode of JSRF. Uh, it's in alpha right now. Uh, I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it. I'll try to put a link in our show notes. But yeah, another just... It, it actually is, though, Jet Set Radio Future. Like I'm pretty sure like the characters and everything, mm. but I don't know. I haven't really got around to checking that out, but maybe by the next time we record, I'll have tr- tried it. But yeah, oh my god, all my dreams are coming true. I'm so excited. <laughs> we can end this episode and do some plugs. Brent, 
tell our listeners about your other podcast. I got another podcast called Are We There Yet? Uh, W-E-E-B, um, where we watch three episodes or a movie of an anime and then give a recap of it with our opinions and basically trying to figure out if this would be a good anime for newcomers, for first-time watchers, or if uh, our main host, who is very against anime, very much like our own Matt Basta, uh, yeah. if this is something that could win him over finally and maybe get him into anime. Uh, so far, we're about to hit episode 100. We, I think, <laughs> just recorded episode 99. And uh, so far, no. So far, the answer is yep. no. Uh, <laughs> he's liked a lot of stuff, but hasn't committed to it. So um, we, I, in my opinion, I've kind of given up on him. But this is a, yeah. this is an entry point for new people of like, hey, maybe this will prick your interest. Maybe this will, if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, maybe this anime will do it for you. If you like Star Trek, maybe this anime will do it for you. When you hit episode 100, you should change seasons and, it'll, and change the name of the show. Be like, will we ever be there? <laughs> We've ever been, we've aren't there. We will never be there. We've given up. Here's my bullshit anime. I'm forcing it. Like I've a little tangent. I've given up on trying to recommend good shows to him now, and I'm just like, here's some bullshit. Here's fucking Ultimate Muscle. Here's Zatch Bell. Here's fucking Megabots. Like here's nonsense anime. Because at this point, you're not you're not gonna like the good stuff. Let's see if you like the bad stuff. Yeah. And for the record, I fucking love Ultimate Muscle and Zatch Bell. Unironically, they're not good. Though. And I. I know you guys haven't covered Dragon Ball Z, but uh. that's that's going to be a big like we got big. We haven't done Cowboy Bebop yet either. We got some big shows we're holding for special stuff. Um, Sweet. I believe the next episode airing as of I think this episode going out, we did Blue Summary number six, which was a recommendation oh, yeah. from Vince from Comic House Party. Yep. That was it was a mini series. It wasn't a full series. It was four episodes of a mini series. And uh, wow, that was weird. That was a weird time. If you guys do anime movies, Legend of Lemnir, I know I brought it up last time. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, uh, and listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, twitch.tv slash ABT Silence. If you want to see us Twitch streaming, like I said, playing some Kakarot, playing some Super Mario 64 speed runs. Bren's doing Persona 4. Yeah, our Twitch is fucking active these days. It's pretty wild. <laughs> if only uh, someone was there to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. We're actually real close to being an affiliate again. We're like one criteria away. So yeah. if that happens, I'm going to try to be a little more active with our schedule and stuff. And I think one thing I can confirm uh, will be Mondays and Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when I'll definitely be playing some games. And then other times intermittently, just keep an eye on your email if you get uh, updates and stuff. And one thing I always forget to do during plugs is uh, the intro and outro for our show is done by a band called Kinda All Right. Uh, they're an incredible band. Go check them out uh kind of all right dot bandcamp.com and i have a record label it's missed out records.com if you want to see what kind of records and cassettes i've been selling for the past couple years I, yeah shit my two-year anniversary is coming up in Damn. september so that's pretty nuts wow. but that was an episode thanks so much for tuning in tell a family member tell a friend and telephone. we'll be back next week telephone Bye.